welcome to the third episode of the Film Cinema Movie Podcast. My name is CP and in this episode of the Film Cinema Movie Podcast, we are going to be talking about Tenet. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. The movie came out in August. In the part of the world where I live in, the movie just got released. Also provided the fact that I couldn't go to watch the movie in the theaters because of the situation that we are in. As a result, I had to wait for the official Blu-ray release which was on 15th of December. And so, here we are. Tenet is a Christopher Nolan movie. When you walk into one, there are certain things that you expect. You know there's going to be some kind of a twisted plot line. There are going to be a lot of awe-inspiring visuals, spine-tingling film score, as well as there's some way or the other that he's going to mess with time. However, unlike his previous movies like The Inception, Interstellar or even Memento, where time is a part of the larger narrative. In this movie, time becomes the main theme of the narrative. It is the main driving force of the narrative. Now, the particular concept of time that we are going to talk about in this movie is inversion. Now, what is inversion? Bear with me. There is a thermodynamic concept in physics known as entropy, which is defined as the level of disorder in a system. So, what happens is the scientists in future have found a way that they can somehow reverse the entropy of an object. Now, they do it using radiation. I mean, the following thing is not actually said in the movie, but I think this is how it's done. There are certain theoretical particles known as tachyon particles, which in theory can move faster than light. As a result, they can theoretically, of course, move back and forth in time. Now, I know you're scratching your head right now and I am too, but this is just something to keep in your mind that, okay, this is kind of how things happen here. And this is, I mean, the concept of the tachyon particles is not shown in the movie or not eluded in the movie, but this is kind of the science behind it. So, yeah. Now, the important thing here is this is science fiction. Science fiction. Uh, notice the weight given to the word fiction. This is fiction. This is not possible in reality. Well, yet it's not possible yet in reality. Now, the easiest way to explain this is let's say time is a straight line moving from left to right. And we as objects that are not inverted move from left to right with time thereby moving from the present into the future and in the process creating the past. However, an object or a person or anything that has been inverted moves from right to left. That is, the future is actually its past and the past is actually its future. I know it's kind of mind-bending stuff, but as a character in the movie says, don't try to understand it, feel it. And I believe that's exactly what Christopher Nolan wants us to understand that Okay, this is something which is beyond you and you can't understand it fully. You can't fully grasp it. So don't try to do so. Just get the basics of the thing and enjoy the movie. And that's what we are going to do now. Now we are going to discuss the plot of the film. And yes, there is the spoiler warning. The movie starts with something known as the opera siege in the city of Kiev. Now the protagonist who is aptly named the protagonist is a CIA operative in this mission. It is here that he comes across an artifact, Plutonium-241, and it becomes pretty important in a short time. However, during this mission, a soldier is trying to kill the protagonist and another soldier, inverted soldiers to be specific, saves him with an inverted bullet or he literally unfires a bullet. Well, that stuff becomes clearer a little bit later anyway. However, the mission is not successful because... The protagonist is caught and rather than giving up information about his 
colleagues or those of or all those people he saved he rather decides to die and takes in the cyanide pill however we come to know that all of this was an was a part of an elaborate test and now he has been recruited into a shadowy organization of insiders who identify themselves with interlaced fingers and the word tenet and by the way interesting fact tenet is a word that is a palindrome t e n e t that what this implies is that it's the same as spelled from the beginning as it is from the end now this is not i mean this is very small thing but it becomes director's way of telling us giving us very subtle hints about what's going to happen in the movie this is something that you can keep in your radar get it what i did there radar this is also a palindrome anyway so next he's taken into a lab where this is there's this scientist who explains to him the concept of inversion and all that that we talked about here that thing of catching bullets and all of that and she tells him that don't try to understand it try to feel it which is specifically what the director means to tell us so anyway we or the protagonist traces the bullet to india up especially a particular arms dealer known as sanjay and he with his associate neel infiltrate sanjay's house only to come to the realization that sanjay is not the mind brains behind the operation it's his wife priya and she tells him that in this world it's good to have a male facade for an operation like this anyway so she informs our protagonist that she sold this bullet to a russian oligarch named andre setov who lives in london however setov being an arms dealer is a closely guarded person as a result the protagonist finds a way to reach to andre setov through his estranged wife who is an art authenticator which basically means is that she is somebody who tests conducts tests on pieces of art and tells if it is real or not so what happened was some time back she authenticated a piece of art which actually was not real it was a replica it was basically a forged art piece however she committed a mistake and just authenticated it and gave the certificate and her husband bought it and now he holds that piece of art as leverage against her so that if she decides to leave him or anything like that he would just give that to the police and she would face problems uh, legal problems anyway so the protagonist tells her that if she could arrange a meeting between him and the villain setor then he would make sure that the painting is destroyed now she tells the protagonist about an establishment known as freeport this is basically a place for the rich people to keep their art the expensive artworks that they have purchased so that the government cannot tax it it's just another way for the rich people to avoid taxes so anyway she tells him that seto isn't particularly interested in art however he visits these establishments 6 to 7 times a year so what happens is that neel remember neel yep him and the protagonist decide to infiltrate this building in oslo so what they do is they pose as a wealthy art enthusiast who are there to see the facility and all of that and they go inside and simultaneously their friends crash a literal aircraft into the building so what happens is this breaks a fire as a result the security system of this establishment kicks in which is whenever a fire is detected it sucks the air out of the place where the art is kept and so since they are visiting it as wealthy people so they are inside it however when this happens the host just escapes he goes out and they are inside there with without any air now 
The doors of the establishment are pretty simple so they can lockpick it through and Neil is a pretty good at it. So they lockpick through and after uh, going throughout the establishment they come across the center where there is a device. It is something known as turnstile. It's a device that is used to reverse the entropy of an object or a person. And whilst they are in there, two antagonists come out of the machine. One uh, is moving forward and one is inverted. And then there's an inverted fight sequence between the protagonist and this antagonist, the inverted antagonist, which is pretty odd because he is, if you look at it this way, he is pulling the punches. I mean, he is moving backwards. So when he throws a punch, it looks exactly like if he is pulling a punch. So it's a pretty complex action sequence and i am pretty impressed how they choreographed the entire sequence and how amazing it is i mean a gun literally flying into the hands of a person is something that you can only i mean you can understand when you see it from here the action now shifts to the amalfi coast where the protagonist after meeting the wife by the way whose name is cat so after meeting cat he tells her that okay he destroyed the painting however he didn't so after this, she introduces him to Andre Seto. Now, at first, he believes that his wife is having an affair with the protagonist. And he explains in very graphic details what he'd do to the protagonist if that's the case. However, after the protagonist saves Andre Seto from uh, an unfortunate accident, he decides to give him the job of finding and securing the artifact that is the Plutonium-241. Now, in order to understand what happens next in the story, we need to go back to the future. That's right. You heard me right. I said back to the future. So what happens that in the future, there's a scientist who creates the concept of inversion, who creates the formula of how to invert objects. However, she realizes that this technology can have very devastating consequences and it could be used as a weapon of mass destruction. As a result, what she does is she takes the algorithm of how to convert the entropy, reverse the entropy and converts it into nine physical objects and hides it in nine different locations, inverts them and hides it in nine different locations. Now, these nine different locations are radioactive locations or places where the radiation is very high. So as a result, this gives her the confidence that nobody could find this. And after doing this, she kills herself. However, one piece of this is kept inside a time capsule and is stored in a place known as Talskrell, which actually is the hometown of our villain Andre Seto. So now a little bit of a flashback. What happens was Andre Seto is given the task of digging out pieces of a bomb that had been exploded, nuclear bomb that exploded at surface level in his city, Talskrell. And this happens way, way back in time before, during the time of Soviet Russia. So anyway, and he does that and he finds out the time capsule because nobody else would take the job as there's so much high radiation. He takes the job and finds out this time capsule where there is inverted gold and instructions for him. The instructions are to find out the algorithm in the past. I mean, at the present. Well, forget it. Anyway, the instructions are to find the algorithm, different pieces of the algorithm and bring it together and put it at a place so that the people in the future could find it. The final objective is that this algorithm comes in the hands of the people in the future who then use it to invert enough objects so that the number of objects moving forward in time it becomes equal to the number of objects moving backward in time which results in complete annihilation. Now, 
the reason for them to hate the past so much is climate change now the actions of the present which results in a very devastated and the conditions in the earth in future are very bad and after being unable to do anything about it they the people in the future turn to the past to change the past so that their present could be better so they decide that they are going to annihilate the past as a result create an alternate reality for themselves where the earth isn't so much damaged as it is Whew, that was hard that was hard explaining i mean this thing is very mind bending and once you go into one trajectory you just go into it and you go so deep into it that nothing makes sense anymore now all of that explanation that i did i could just simply have told you that the future is waging war against the present because the present destroyed the world for the future generations so that's why sustainable development is very important guys coming back to the story the action shifts from the amalfi coast to tallinn here the protagonist and neil are engaged in an elaborate heist mission to steal the plutonium 241 or the artifact for setor remember the artifact that occurred in the opera seeds in yep that artifact has ended up here so they steal it however this which looks to be an innocent heist mission turns out to be an elaborate action sequence involving inverted people and inverted cars and all of that after this happens the protagonist and kate is taken hostage by setor by an inverted setor and something happens and he puts an inverted bullet through cat now cat isn't inverted so as we learned earlier this the inverted bullet can have devastating effects on cat now how did this happen how was setor able to know what was going to happen even if the uh, protagonist didn't tell him so well setor conducted what is known as a temporal pincer movement it is basically half of the team of setors move moves forward in time and half of it moves backward in time now the team that moves forward in time uses the knowledge of the team that moves backward in time in order to know precisely what is going to happen thereby giving them an upper hand in the action that ensues now cat has been hit by an inverted bullet and as we know from earlier this can't be treated however the protagonist adamant to save her decides that they all of them should just invert themselves so that the process of i mean the wound of cat heals itself or moves invert moves invertedly and heals itself however they can't use the same turnstile to come uninvert themselves because they took control of the turnstile just now and before it was under the control of setor however the protagonist remembers that some time back they found a turnstile in oslo the you know the building that they crashed the literal plane into at that specific point in time that turnstile wasn't under the control of setor as the protagonist himself and neil was there so they travel back i mean they are all of them are inverted and they travel to that point in time to oslo and uninvert themselves so now cat is safe what can i say this i just my mind got twisted explaining that to you It is here that Cat tells the protagonist and Neil that Sato is suffering from incurable pancreatic cancer, and there's a particular dialogue where Sato tells to Cat that if I can't have you, anybody can't have you. Well, that dialogue is actually directed towards the world. If he can't have the world, then nobody can. That's why he is so much adamant in destroying the world. Sato's ultimate plan is to assemble the algorithm and put it under a blast or time seal it under a blast in Stalls Twelve for the. future to find out and 
do whatever they want to do and in the meantime seto is about to activate a dead man switch which is going to take away the entire present along with him now coming down to the climax we all know that nolan is a specialist of elaborate climactic sequences his climaxes are generally high stakes filled with a lot of action and a lot of things to think about and i feel that here he might have outdone himself this climax is easily one of his best the climax of tenet takes place in two locations simultaneously one involving cat and sator and the other involving our protagonist and neil and a lot of soldiers so starting with the first one involving kate and sator this sequence starts on sator's yacht while the real kate the cat of that time goes to the show with her son and the cat of the future who has been traveling backwards comes to the ship also the real sator of that time has flown off on his chopper and the future sator who has been also traveling backwards comes back on his chopper and it is the point where he plans to switch his dead man switch now in sator's mind he has already killed cat at talin the inverted bullet thing so his mind she's dead and in his mind the cat right here is actually the cat of that time but he does not know that the cat right here is actually the future cat who knows all, all about his plans so her plan is to hold off sator until the next the other team does its job now what's the job is well here it is as i said the other team ha- having uh, the protagonist and neil carry out a temporal pincer movement wherein neil is moving inverted and the protagonist is moving forward so the what the what the plan is is that sator wants has assembled all of the pieces of the algorithm and he wants to seal it in stal's 12 his home hometown and seal it for the posterity however what the protagonists i mean the tenet organization's plan is that they want to seal that but without the algorithm in it so the seal will be closed and the posterity will get the message that okay the job is done however when they open it there won't be no algorithm that's their plan and how do they do that well they go in into the city the team uh, which is moving forward with a red they have a red thing on their shoulders and the team that is moving inverted have a blue thing on their shoulder so they do this they get in and the sequence is filled with a lot of amazing action a lot of mind blowing action a lot of mind bending action an inverted rpg hitting a building and then it the building reacting itself and then a straight rpg hitting it above and the building going down i can't really do any justice about the sequence with my mouth you need to see the sequence in order to totally grasp the enormity of it however after an elaborate fight sequence when the protagonist and his friend reach to the place where the algorithm is to be buried there's a locked door in between him and the russian who's going to bury it and there's a, a dead body of soldier on the other side right now what hap- what is happening is seto is talking to the protagonist you know the at i mean the climactic uh, prologue of the villain where he tells what he's going to do what are his ambitions and all of that for seto it's his dying last uh, speech he's giving to his ultimate enemy so this is happening and what happens is once he gives his man the russian the command to shoot the protagonist the dead body which is lying just behind the gate with the locked door gets up he gets the inverted bullet and unlocks the door and walks back so this is an inverted soldier who ultimately dies and after he does that the protagonist go in and just uh, i mean take the algorithm from the russian and throw the russian inside and neil who has while the battle is happening 
back i mean he was inverted now he's straight he has just reverted himself back to help the protagonist and his friend and once the bomb goes off he just throws uh, i mean he just manages to save the protagonist now on the other side of things what the original plan for cat was she had to hold off setter until the mission is over and once it is over she had to just leave and setter had to kill himself however she can't really let setter die thinking he won so she tells him that you lost and she shoots him and also shows the mark of the uh, inverted bullet to show him that okay i am not the current i am not the cat of the present times i am from the future anyway so she takes that and he she throws the bo- his body overboard and just leaves and on the other side of things that is in astal's 12 the protagonist the soldier and neil share the algorithm among themselves and the his friend the soldier tells them that okay we need to die with this secret and nobody gets to know about where it is so once we have hidden and we'll just kill ourselves and after that he tells that when to do that is upon each individual however something interesting happens then Neil's hands the protagonist over his side of the algorithm and tells that his work isn't yet done. It actually turns out that Neil once again inverts himself in order to be in certain situations to make sure that things happen the they were the way they are supposed to happen. Remember the soldier who actually saves the protagonist in the opera houses? Yep, that's Neil. And also, remember I just told you about a soldier who is lying dead behind the gate? basically saves the protagonist from the russian well that's also neil so neil inverts himself and goes there and takes the bullet and dies however what he says before going is this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship for you however it is the end of one for me so it turns out that in the future the protagonist is responsible for creating the organization tenet he hires neil they go on a lot of adventures and the whole thing the whole movie is basically a temporal pincer movement by the protagonist so he is aptly named the protagonist and it's all of this is his doing now earlier it seemed that this film would be following the multiple worlds or parallel worlds theory however it later it just conveys to the time as a circular movement theory which is that everything that happens has to happen which means that every character in this movie has a part to play and they have to do what they have to do in order to make sure that things happen the way they should happen now coming to the filmmaking side of things i mean christopher nolan is well and truly a modern day auteur for those of you who don't know what an auteur is it's basically a theory which was given out by andrew cyrus which states that the the artistic ability of a movie should be judged by the maker filmmaker who makes it so it does not matter how the film individual project is it depends the praise that a movie gets should depend upon the filmmaker we have got some great auteurs over time like akira kurosawa satyajit ray orson welles many other directors and christopher nolan is well and truly one of the auteur because his style is very unique and the way his filmography is very much like a series if you will it's like a Christopher Nolan cinematic universe where the stories are not really continuous but the themes he explores are very much in sync with each other so Christopher Nolan is well and truly a modern day auteur now coming down to the cinematography and the visuals this movie is a truly stunning masterpiece and i am saying that after watching it on my laptop so just imagine how majestic it could be on a imax screen with surround sound the visuals are really breathtaking i mean Christopher Nolan makes a point to shoot his sequences with the IMAX 70mm camera which is bulky and 
uncomfortable for many situations. However, he makes a point to do that. So we all know how much important it is for him to give the audience a visual treat. You can expect the director's signature style, the dynamic camera movement, shadowy lighting and muted colors. However, unlike his previous projects, here the texture of the movie contains a little bit more of a grit because to, I guess, to complement the story element. In the words of the man himself, this is well and truly a spy movie with international espionage, weapons dealers, Russian oligarchs and world-altering stakes. However, the way Christopher Nolan deals with this material is truly fantastic. It does not seem at its first watch it's a spy thriller. It seems like it's a science fiction or Star Wars of some kind. Talking about the visuals of the movie, we can't really miss the name of the cinematographer Hoyt Van Hoyter. I'm sure I butchered that name. The way he manages to capture the essence of every sequence, especially the sweeping shots of Mumbai or the amazing aerial shots of the Amalfi Coast or the shots of helicopters flying through a mountainous terrain. I mean, there are a lot of amazing, beautiful scenic shots which can induce goosebumps if you watch it in IMAX. Hell, it can induce goosebumps if you're watching it on your smartphone. These are such great shots and kudos to the cinematographer. Now we talked about the visuals. Let's talk about the audio. Now the film score of this movie has been done by Ludwig Göransson. Yep, this one is not done by Hans Zimmer as he was busy with some other project. Anyway, we know that Christopher Nolan is very particular about the audio as well. He is very much dedicated towards giving the audience a complete sensory blast, if I may. So this, the composition or the music score, the film score here is very much engulfing. It just sucks you in. However, there's a problem that I have with it. I don't know, like I don't understand the point of doing this. I mean, obviously the director knows much more than me and he has done a conscious choice. But there are a lot of times when the scene is actually playing out and the characters are going on with the dialogues. However, the film score is way too loud in order to comprehend what they are saying. I mean, yes, you can still understand if you are hearing it. However, it's not comfortable. Like you have to really concentrate to understand because the music is so loud and soaring. Also, this movie has the typical Christopher Nolan exposition problem. What do I mean by that? Well, the kind of topic that Christopher Nolan tackles requires the characters to explain a lot of things to other characters as well as to the audience. Now, it makes sense for them to explain it when they are explaining it to other characters the explaining or the exposition actually means something to the other characters or actually means something in the movie however when the characters ex start explaining thing to the i mean it does not really make sense that the other characters in the movie won't know about this and it i mean it is seems pretty clear that the characters are doing this the audience and that kind of breaks the illusion of or kind of breaks the fourth wall and it's kind of distracting however the kind of material he tackles it is necessary that the audience get a lot of understanding of it and so exposition is necessary but i would want him to i mean tackle it a little bit more creatively as there are a lot of sequences where Characters are explaining things to other characters and it does, it kind of seems out of place and wacky. It seems that it's simply there, that sequence is simply there, the exposition is simply there for the audience to understand. And with this, we have come to the end of this episode of the Film Cinema Movie Podcast. 
it is that time when i give you my final two cents on the content that you are reviewing and i am going to tell you i mean this is a christopher nolan movie so you must must not miss it however if you really want to get the full experience of it then i would suggest you go to the theater watch it in its full glory in imax with that large screen and the surround sound and all of that however if you really can't wait for that and the theaters in your area aren't open yet so you can just get the blu-ray which is available from 15th of december however once the theaters are open you must visit and watch it in IMAX because that's the way it's meant to be. I have been CP. This is the Film Cinema Movie Podcast and I'll see you in the next episode.